it doesn't matter. It's not a matter of can I or can't I? We have enough of that. Like we have enough drama. We don't need every decision to be about drama. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Hi, Hapsters, and one in particular, because again, I know I've been having a lot of guests on the show lately, and that wasn't what I wanted this podcast to be originally, because I really wanted to talk about the results that come from the specific process that we work on and coaching together. But fortunately for you guys, because of doing that for so many years, we have produced some killer, killer results for my clients. So it's been really fun to just take a trip down memory lane with them and talk to them and, and for us to experience kind of where they came from, started from the bottom. Now I hear and all of uh, the journey. So today I do have an extra special guest on the show, and that is Danielle Williams. She is the CEO and founder of good intense. Oh, I love a good pun, first of all. <laughs> and that is just so fun to say out loud, finally, for the world to hear it. Danielle, we're going to share her. I'm going to let her share her story of why it's so special that we're announcing her and labeling her in that way and what our journey has been. But without further ado, thanks so much for having, for coming on the show, Danielle. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yes. So tell us. So first of all, Danielle is a CEO now, but when she came to me, she actually was not an entrepreneur at all. And, uh, she was one of the few clients that I have taken on from that infancy stage and worked with from the point of conception of idea to like getting to being on and working on the business themselves. And it's because I just knew she was very clear about what she wanted to do. She just had a lot of roadblocks that were the things that we coach on to taking that leap and actually getting there. And the two, the three main ones really were time, money, and mind drama. I was like, "Mm, this girl is my people. So tell us kind of where who are you, Danielle, first of all, and what had led you to coaching? Oh man, who am I? (laughs) Well, so officially like by trade, I am a mechanical engineer from Northeastern University. I got my minor in material science. And then from there, I've kind of grown into more of a product developer and embraced more of my creative side. But really, uh, I've realized to my core, I'm an inventor. And that is something that I figured out pretty, maybe like within the past like year, year and a half, two years. And it was something where I have all these ideas and all these things about like, I view the world through ways that it can be improved, not in like necessarily like a bad light, but I'll see something I'm like, oh, you know, you can actually do that better by doing this or X, Y, and Z. So that's kind of how I've been living my life for a while. And I finally stumbled onto my idea that really lit me up. And I was like, man, like 
I got to do this. I got to like, I got to be an entrepreneur and I got to make this, I got to birth this idea into the world. And um, yeah, this, the timing worked out really well. And we, we kind of talked for previously for like a different idea that I had that I just, it never really quite grabbed me. And then once this one hit, I was like, okay, this is the time let's start investing in this and myself. And yeah. And now I'm like, so, so beyond pleased to say that, yeah, I, I'm identifying as a CEO and founder of good intents. Yeah. It's so, I just got the chills a little bit because when Danielle came to me, I mean, she had a good salary. She had a good job. Did you want to tell them a little bit about what you were doing and where you were working Mm -hmm. when you came uh, to coaching? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, um, I was working at pop sockets, um, a senior product development engineer. I really was enjoying what I was doing. Um, I got to create a lot of really cool products. I got to travel to Asia and the Philippines to get supply chain vendors up in action. It really, it let me work in engineering, but then also move over to the um, more creative and product development side that I never really kind of tapped into, which I think is funny because so my thought is, Yeah, my dad is an engineer and my mom is an artist. And so it was, I was kind of having to trust that I was like, all right, I have, I have these talents. And then I taught myself a lot of like, you know, the Adobe suite and just kind of started to like trust that my gut was correct too, that I was like, all right, and Matt, you know, an engineer, you're like this A plus B equals C because of this. And you have to just be like, no, I'm picking this option because like, that's what feels right. And it's kind of based off of like the trending and you do, but it's way more of like a gut instinct. Yeah. And so I had to learn to trust that. And um, yeah, it was great. I, I really thrived as being a product developer. And I think it taught me a lot of really good tools. None of the tools that I got from you. So it was a good combination of <laughs> investments. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It was a great opportunity for sure. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, you're the love child of your parents in so many ways, right? Your brain is like the love child of your parents, like, right. Your, your engineering side and your artist side and the off camera conversation that Danielle and I were having right before we pressed record on this was just about how I feel like Danielle is such a good representation of who hapsters are at their core, which is like this dual personality that I think is not well represented in the world. Like everyone wants to fit you into this box. Like, who are you? Are you more a math or are you an artist? And like you, they want to make you one thing. And I think hapsters are uniquely able to serve a larger community because they identify both as someone who is math and someone who is art. And I could not relate more. I think that it's a lot of the work that we do in happening sessions and in our coaching, right. Is like, okay, let's, let's get the math. Let's get the process, learn the process. And you were such a great student from the get-go. You came, you came to scheduling. You had always had questions. You came with like a notebook full of questions, always every session. Right. And it's like, I, I do, I love that student work ethic and that like math brain, And then, you know, it was the harder work to like sit and find the thoughts that you just felt were true the same way that an equation is true. You Mm -hmm. see it and you're like, oh, this must be true. And, and being able to instead decide what you wanted to think, which Mm -hmm. said like is a part more of your gut and a more of trusting yourself and, and deepening who you are. But I think that 
when it comes to your business, it's the perfect, like who else could birth this idea of good intent? So tell us about it. What is good intent? Do not keep us waiting. So I will, I will give you a little sprinkling of what it is because I'm Mm -hmm. still working on keeping the legal part of it under wraps. Yes. Um, But patent pending. Patent pending, uh, but not quite pending yet. (laughs) It'll be an outdoor recreation company that makes um, extraordinary products using uh, sustainable and beautiful materials. I'm really excited. Um, I'll be able to share more once I get my patent pending, but it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, it's funny, like one of the mantras that one of the things that like working with you really taught me was the thoughts that we have in our head really are something that we can create and really influence our results. And so one of the mantras that I have is that, you know, like I have the right hardware, like I have the right like schooling and parent genetics. And what I was missing was the software. And the software is what you can create just by telling yourself like every day, like, you know, pick a thought and then insert it into your life. And like, you have so many hapster manifestos that are, have been so valuable to me too. And that's been kind of interesting too, to see like how easy it is to rewire your, it's not easy, but like, just by like, you like can identify a thought and then like, you know, an anxious feeling or a fear and just kind of just like nip it in the butt and then just like insert a new one, just like put a new software update in there that says, actually, no, I can do this. I have all the resources for this and I will be successful. And just kind of keep telling yourself that eventually it sticks. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it seems kind of like, you're like, am I making this up? And you're like, yep, I am making this up, but it works. (laughs) Right. And when I first put something in the our line, you know, we talk about with the model, like when I first put something in the result line that I wanted to create and then just thought my way there. And then the result actually happened. I was like, wait, so I can just put anything in the result line. I can just decide that I want to create any result and then plug in the thoughts that need to get me there. When you said like, it's not easy, but, and the word that I think it is, is it's available. It's always available to us to be able to decide a new thought, to be a new version of ourselves, to expand our self-concept, to completely do a 180 is always available to us. There's not a part of yourself that is, you know, confined to who you've been and how you've been showing up and what you've created in your past. And I think that that's hard for an engineering brain because it's, it's just thinking about it in a whole different way. You're like, you granted engineering is something that does live in the future and possibility. So I think of all the sciences, it is the one that is the most future focused, I I would say. Yeah. And like less about looking at the evidence of the results to prove whether it's possible, right? Like you just want to live in that future. I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. Yeah. It's interesting because it's engineering still will do like a risk analysis though. And like kind of like take data and be like, well, in the past, this did this. So like we can speculate and hypothesize that this does this. And like a lot of what I had to kind of break for that was when I am like, when I'm thinking about my future self, I have to believe so strongly 
in that future self with no evidence to back it up, really. Like you're just, you're just deciding. And that is something that doesn't exist in engineering. You you can't just like decide (laughs) a new scientific theory. Well, you can, but like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think the the really the most cutting edge people can. And I think that the most cutting edge engineers and inventors are the ones that also think of themselves as artists, right? Because you, if you're too attached to what has already come being the ground or like the platform on which you're like diving off from into creation, you're very limited in your scope. It's like, what can you create? You're, you're limited to what's happened in the past, but when you want to be revolutionary, when you want to create something good, intense, right? I'm saying good, intense, right? Good in tents, also like T E N T S, <laughs> like a, t- a tent camping. And Mark and I always make the joke, right? It's like, oh my God, that was so intense. You know what else is intense? <laughs> camping. <laughs> That'll for sure be in the marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't wait for all the good marketing. Um, but yeah, and combining just the person that you are really, which is someone who is passionate about the environment and passionate about music and concerts, right. And, and going to those events and having the experience be changed for people and not having it have to be one experience or the other. So it's just been done this way, the forever, who cares, who cares. And that's the thing about it too. It's you'll never create something revolutionary. If you think about how it's been done in the past, like one of the mantras that I use is that I'm going to revolutionize the campy industry with first principles reasoning. And that basically talks about how you just like break it down to its core. You just, you erase everything in your brain about how it's been done and who's been successful with it. And you, you can kind of like give a nod to that, but you really just want to get down to like the core of what you're trying to do and try and delete all that noise from your brain. So you can mm-hmm. think of something really revolutionary that hasn't been done before because somebody yeah. hasn't thought about it that way. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> somebody hasn't thought about it like that way. I mean, that mm-hmm. is it right there. It's like your thoughts create your results. And if the result that you want is this revolutionary product, you need to have a thought that has never occurred to anyone ever. How mm-hmm. fun is that? I love the idea that it's <laughs> always be like, there's this thought that's never occurred to anyone ever yet. And I'm going to think it like or somebody or it occurred to so, so big magic talks about this. It could have occurred to somebody, but they, right. they didn't do the steps and take the actions to make it happen. So they didn't get to birth it into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brother is that person and uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast regularly, but maybe <laughs> He is an inventor in spirit. He has so many good ideas, but he just, he is not committed to, like you said, and maybe he just hasn't been lit up enough by any one idea. Mm -hmm. And maybe there will be that time where he comes up, but he's constantly calling me up. Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about its validity? And like the, like getting it to market, what would he wants my business expertise? And I'm always just kind of like, at this point, I only want to entertain it. <laughs> really want to entertain it because at the end, it might be a really good idea. But like that sucks. Even if it's a really good idea, unless you're like lit up by it and you're committed to it, because what gets in the way in the process between the time of idea inception and what you're going through right now, what gets in the way? Mind drama. Yes, your <laughs> mind drama. It is endless, right? It's mm-hmm. daily sometimes, and it's it's something that 
takes commitment to override, right? Like you said too, you have the hardware, the hardware can be perfect. And if you do not have that software, I love that. You just like Mm -hmm. coined that. That could be like a whole (laughs) lecture and guest lecture and happening sessions. So I want to switch gears really quickly and talk about when you came to coaching and like you had this idea, we knew the hardware was there. Like from the get-go, we were like, this is a brilliant idea. You have all the tools. You're the perfect person to bring it to market. Was your thoughts that was keeping you from jumping right in the two things, not the thoughts, but really what were the things that were keeping you? It was, oh man, the mind drive (laughs) about it all, but it was that I don't have enough time to do this and I don't have the money to do it right now either. You know, and it was just those thoughts. I just kept, it was the story I was telling myself and Mm -hmm. you helped me unwire that and be like, and you know, it's funny because I remember the moment when I was talking to you and we were talking about time management and just like finding time and scheduling to like do all the things. And I had this flash of a thought that I was like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to quit your job. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to go part-time. You like, you, you you see a solution. Like it's, it's that you need there. more time to work on this. It's there. And it just like, there was just so much noise in front of it. Just being like, eh, I'm just so, I can't, I have a full-time job and I'm stressed out and da, da, da. And, and then there was just this little intuitive thought that, well, how do you, how do you fix that? <laughs> yeah, do you more time? <laughs> higher quality question. And I want to clarify what mm-hmm. Daniel says too, because there was a difference from the first thought she had about, I don't have enough time, which was not really rooted in anything. It wasn't, it wasn't, she wasn't looking at the facts yet. Cause she didn't have a schedule. She was just like operating and doing the tasks on her agenda, like on her to-do list all the time. And her to-do list never went away. So she just always felt like there wasn't enough time. That was a, that was a feeling created by that thought. But then when she actually decided to make the decision to leave And to quit her job to pursue this full time, it's because she had gone through the process for six months of learning how to schedule, how to practice believing that you have plenty of time and there's enough time. It's not that there isn't enough. It's just, if you work at this rate, when will you produce good intense? Like when will Mm -hmm. good intense (laughs) launch and how into your schedule and when asked it in that very practical engineering brain way, you saw the math of it and you were like, the math is, it's just going to take way longer than I want it to take. Exactly. So it wasn't that there wasn't enough time. There's plenty of time. It's just, you weren't prioritizing in order to get it to market in the timeline that you wanted, you would have to prioritize it. And that's the thing that I love about scheduling is it's a really visual, clear way to see what you're prioritizing. Because a lot of the times you can just like go through your day and you're like, if you actually like wrote it out what you're doing, you're like, this is where all my time is going. Like, is that my priority in life? And you're like, no, I don't want it to be. And with scheduling, you can be like, this is my priority. This is where I schedule the bulk of my time because yeah, life's distracting. You could we have our, these little computers in our hand that distract us at any time. And it's really easy to fall into that trap. So it's, that's one of the things that I've loved about scheduling is just to be able to decide what my priorities are and then just schedule them in. And yeah. I be, and it, that was, that took you a little while too. Cause I remember the beginning oh. of scheduling, <laughs> it was the beginning of scheduling, Danielle, very anti, she was like, she wanted to get it and she wanted it to work within the first week that she was doing it. And I said like, Hey, there's a learning curve 
And like, it might take maybe three months for you to like be doing it and be in all the actions and like have all the things, but then you're going to come up with new hurdles that happen around the three month point that are actually very painful, which is what you said, the awareness. Once you're into the habit, then you are brought into extreme awareness of the way you're spending the time, your time, the way you're buffering your time, the, the way you're thinking about your time. And then you have like this reality check where you're like, oh shit. And you want to go into judgment of yourself for, oh my God, I can't believe I've been doing this for so long and this isn't right and blah, 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 blah. And then the second three months after that, when you go through it and you just edit it out slowly in a, in a methodical way, it's like, you're eventually going to get there. But I always say there's a reason why six months is the coaching that I have, because at three months you were like in a breakdown and it's not just you, right? <laughs> like, how did you feel about scheduling at three months? Oh man. It's funny you say that because like, I'm still perfecting my scheduling right now. And I'm like, so this is like a year later. Me too. And, and like, one of the things that you said that really resonated with me, cause I, I'm a, of a perfectionist and you're like Danielle you have to put B minus work out into the world you have to do that so that you can get feedback and then it it'll improve so I've gone through like I don't know five six seven different types of scheduling I've done like physical copies I've done google calendars I've like what's working for me now is I made my own template on like a google sheet that I use but I'm like still tweaking it and perfecting it and getting into the flow about when I schedule and how long out but it's something that you like it's just constantly improving. What what the difference yes. between good and great is often just an extra round of revision. So I'm just like, I'm like in it now. I'm like, okay, well, scheduling is something that I do. I'm not perfect at it yet, but like, I know how I feel at the end of the days that I schedule and like it goes, you know, even if it doesn't go well, then I rearrange and whatnot, but I know how I feel and I want that. So yes. I'm committed to failing a bunch to figure out what works for it. You're just like teacher's pet over here. Speaking of language, I'm committed to failing. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's, it, a lot of things that people ask me about scheduling, they come in and they think I'm going to give them like a template, right. Of like, okay, so give me the planner that you use and tell me the template. And there are very specific rules to scheduling, but most of it is about the way that you're thinking about time and the way that you're applying that thought in your day. And then the way that you're evaluating that day. Right. So it's like more of a process of like, get it all down. Right. Obviously, you know, I believe in deadlines. I believe in every 15 minutes, I believe in meticulous time, but the way, the reason I believe in that is to expose what's happening. It's to bring it all to the surface immediately to make it painful and uncomfortable and to show you where you're failing so that you can constantly be like, okay, well, that's not working. What is one little way that I can make this work? And you went through lots of iterations. I still use a paper planner for a lot of it. And a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you use that. <laughs> and, you know, I still, I have coach accountable for reminders of my calls in, in terms of, uh, you know, digital reminders and stuff. I think that that's important, but it's just what works for me. I like the paper. I've tried other things. I've tried Google calendars. It didn't work for me. I don't require any particular hapster to use a uh, platform or a 
specific type of planner, Hapster scheduling is about not giving your brain any loopholes for you to tell yourself there's, there's a priority and then not show up to that. If you don't show up to that, I want you knowing exactly why it was. Mm -hmm. And if not planning everything and you're not planning results, instead you're planning action. I can't know what you're trying to create. And therefore I can't know whether you're falling short or not. You should know whether you're falling short or not. People want to not do that because they don't want room to fail. They're not committed to failing. Like you said, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it helps you find like this awareness of yourself too, because it's a little bit of a learning curve with what works for you? Like when are my most yeah. creative hours? When, yes. what happens, like what happens to me in the morning when I schedule my first thing in the day is like working out. It's like, Oh, that, that, ha- that hasn't worked for me. So I've learned yeah. that now I schedule my day differently and I give myself lots of time and space in the morning. And then I, my workouts are late. It just, you, you get to tap into what you're dragging your feet on and, and where you're like thriving with it too. And then you can, you can optimize your day for what works best for you, which is fantastic. And this is why I haven't really scheduling as a passive income stream course. People have been asking for it. And I just think it it works best long-term if you go through scheduling with coaching, because what would happen is you would come and you would be having a major thought error of like, I set my schedule and I still like, I had to like, it didn't take me this long to do. And I went into that and I'd be like, it's not a problem. That's not a problem. (laughs) There's no problems here. Like, and you wanted it to like be perfect. And I was like, no, scheduling is a process of experimentation. It is a Mm -hmm. process of committing to results and then seeing where you got those results and where you failed and then how to improve the process to get better results, but also continue to fail. Yeah. I, I, I remember really, um, a lot of the conversations we had were really stuck in my head. <laughs> well, they I were remember there was charged too, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there was intense. one where I was talking yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about, I came to you about procrastinating at one point too, because I had, I had like broken the screen on my phone and it was like this whole thing. And something you said to me, that's always really stuck too, is that like, okay, you know this now, like don't beat up past self for things future self knows. And like, so today or this week, uh, starting my first week as CEO, I opened my computer and my computer screen is cracked. And instead of like spiraling and like procrastinating and all these different things, I was just like, okay, add it to the TBS list. This is what I need to do. Check my YNAB budget. All right, I'll move some money around here to pay for the new computer screen. I was just like, and it was just like, a, and then I just moved on. And it was, it was no, there was a tiny bit of drama where you, like I felt the emotion yeah. just like, what? Like, really? Come on. But then, yeah, but then it just, you know, you let it flow and then you use the tools that you have to move forward. Oh, that's so, I'm so glad that you gave an example like that, because first of all, you just touch on like time, money, mind drama, like right there in one, one situation, but it's all like, it's the core of the, of every day as an entrepreneur. It's like, if you have a crack in your computer screen, three (laughs) things need to be considered. When am I going to get this fixed? am I going to take action now? Or am I going to keep thinking about it? Or am I going to leave it? Or when am I 
actually physically going to take it to the shop to get it fixed too. So those are two time components and questions. So the decision-making part, which part of Hapster scheduling is being an advanced decision maker, right? Being able to do what Danielle just said. Some of you are probably listening to this and being like, are you kidding me? She just went through that whole process and five minutes or 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. And probably nine of the minutes were the mind drama part. And then one of the minutes was checking the wine app and scheduling it. It's like actually the execution and the decision-making is not the hard part. The hard part is being with your brain when it's in it's a tantrum and Mm -hmm. not making, not doubling down on it by beating yourself up and being Mm -hmm. like, ah, this is who I am. I'm just going to procrastinate and like (laughs) leaning into your, your self-concept that you don't even want to perpetuate, but you're perpetuating it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's the time component, then there's the money component. So she just really quickly sprinkled in. I just checked my wine app and budgeted it in and wrote some things around. That's what it is. And so funny that you mentioned that as well, because I have a MacBook air and like the storage, it's just getting, it doesn't have high storage on here. I've known mm-hmm. I've needed for it, but I have not really been prioritizing that in my budget, a new computer, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I don't want it to get to the point where I'm in happening sessions and my computer just runs out of space or something like that. So I, I same thing. So YNAB, I've talked about it on the show many times, but it's, it's a tool a resource. I don't work for them. It stands for, you need a budget. <laughs> like, don't know why they haven't jumped on as like, eventually they will. I will eventually have to come back and like edit, put in like little clauses. Like this is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you need a budget. It is a tool that I train hapsters on in terms so that they can understand the math of mm-hmm. these decisions. Because oftentimes what holds you back from getting a new computer, and it's so funny because uh my producer Danny is, you know, listening into this recording as well. And she just told me off screen like two weeks ago, I think it was, that she had a similar thing, her computer crashed and she typically would be in this spiral of like, can I afford it? Should I, should I not? And she was just like, what would Jess do? And what would my future self do? (laughs) And she was like, I just made the decision. Like, do I need, does my future self have a computer that works or how do I, and and she just made the decision quickly. And it sounds so obvious, you guys, (laughs) but I promise you, this is not how most of us operate in our day. We want to just actually, it's easier to spend time in the drama, in the mind drama of it and in the procrastinate or to avoid it altogether or to buffer it and be like, or to complain about it and go to our friends. Like, can you believe it? I just started my first week and my computer's cracked and like, but it's what we do, but it Mm -hmm. just is what we do. And so instead you were like, I'm not going to give any of my time to that because I've got bigger things to do. And it's all written out for me. I know what I have to do. Right. Too. So you need mm-hmm. a budget. You just go in. And if you don't have something budgeted, I know, you know, Danny and I, and you like with this computer situation, right. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not a matter of can I, or can't I, uh, you need a budget and the work that we did there as well helps you just see when, and what are the different options and the paths to being able to create that when. So could I push the timeline forward? If, and you can see all of the moving parts. If I were to buy it right now, what would I be delaying instead? Or what would have to happen 
would I just reduce my grocery budget by a little bit or my dining out budget or something that is in the just for fun category, right? For a necessity. And I, it makes it so much, it makes it math and not drama. We have enough of that. Like we have enough drama. We don't need every decision to be about drama. You know, it's funny. I read something recently that I really liked that was our brains were meant to keep us alive. They weren't meant to keep us happy. So like you could easily spiral and be like, I don't have enough money. Like I'm not going to be able to feed myself. It's just like this tangent or with this, you can be like, all right, just going to kind of tune that out. Like, what do I actually have? What can I actually move around? And it just becomes, it, it's just, it becomes very, it's a powerful feeling to have like such control over your, your income, your, your, like your money, your time and your mind, like that combination together. It's, it's, it's spicy stuff. (laughs) It's spicy. The word (laughs) unstoppable. It really just feels like the, the thing that we just said, like it's just becomes a matter of when, Mm -hmm. when is my world domination? (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not like, am I going to take over the world? Yeah. And I mean, that's what happened with me recently too, to be like, when, when can I make the step to say, I am a CEO and founder of this company. Like that is my full-time job now. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have gotten there without these tools. It would never have happened. I would have, I would have been consumed by the mind drama and the risk aversion and like the, the lie that having, you know, this like nice steady income is exactly what I needed to keep happy. And, you know, it's, I'm I'm so grateful. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I'm grateful to you. I really think that you came and you knew what you wanted to get and you came across pretty much every obstacle that comes up for one of my clients, like all in one round of six months. And you sat with it. Like you were willing to be with yourself when you were thinking in a very imperfect way or a very flawed way. And I think that's when you know that you're ready for more advanced coaching when not trying to get to this place where all of a sudden you're like fixed from your (laughs) humanness, right? It's like, you're still going to have mind drama. Your brain is like, come on when your computer screen's cracked, you're just going to get quicker at getting into awareness and you'll have a process for how to make a decision about it mm-hmm. and, and not let it ruin your whole day. Yes. <laughs> and just the process more, because like you said too, we are sold this idea that what's allowing us to enjoy our life is the stability that's created by a salary. And like, that just is not a revolutionary thought. Can I say <laughs> to the mic? <laughs> It's it's like a I I you are a badass at making money. That was a huge book for me too. And it talks about like a lot of like our mental drama about money is like passed down from like our parents who it's passed down from like their parents. So it's like it's really like a lot of the time our mental mindset about money is like really outdated. And like it, you know, for me, like this is, you know, week one of, you know, this is my full-time job and I feel I'm vibing so high. This is exactly what I needed. And all the fears, you know, a lot of people 
you know, told me that this is going to be really hard. This is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. And I was like, yeah, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard. Engineering's hard too. Like yeah. <laughs> you delay gratification and then you get this nugget of joy that you just like, it makes it all worth it. And I, I'm, I'm just feeling so alive right now. And so like in touch with my purpose. Yeah. I'm just so grateful. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And I can't wait for us to be able to feel and see these gorgeous products and use them and not feel like we're, you know, feeding the machine of some sort of business. That's just like churning things out. Like I know how thoughtful you are about this process and how thoughtful you're being about the materials and about the design and about the, the give back components and, and all that. And I think that just stay tuned. Don't you worry when the second that this long, <laughs> we're going to have Danielle back on the podcast, we're going to, you guys gonna know, so stay tuned. But if, um, if people want to follow or if they want to connect, do you have a way that they can, do you have a, like a, an email list or do you have a, or should they just follow you on Instagram or what's the, what's the best place for them to stay up to date on this launch of good intents? That's a good question. Um, I am creating an email list. Um, okay. So, so what we're going to do is Danielle's yeah. going to create the email list and it'll be in the show notes. So by the time Perfect. that you're listening to this, you will have a link to be able to, uh, get on that email list to be aware if you are a concert goer, or if you are a camper, or if you are like someone who just cares about the world, likes to sleep outside. I'm one of those people. I go camping every year. I think that you need to get on this list, but thank you so much, Danielle, for sharing your journey and the ups and downs. And I know it's so easy on this end of it, but it's like, (laughs) you get to talk about like all the chins where you were in tears over feeling like this was so far away and, and, or you were doing something wrong when you were in the fields or in the fails of it. So I, and I wouldn't be here without you. I'm like a, like a tiny recorder for, for you now. And I just like spew it out into the world. Anytime I hear something, I'm like, Oh, actually you should talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. (laughs) Do you need a keychain? Oh my God. So good. Well, uh, can't wait for the world to, to see the, the birth child, the love child of your beautiful brain in good intent. And, uh, and stay tuned, you guys. All right. Have a beautiful day, hapsters. Hey, hapsters. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to what's happening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening. W H A T S H A P P Y N I N G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening. W Jess. Again, that's happy H A P P Y N I N G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step. 